Amanda Lang is the host of Taking Stock with Amanda Lang on BNN Bloomberg and joins us now. Nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning. How much do Ontarians have to make per hour in different regions in order to cover living costs? Well, the key thing to know is not enough. Um, the Ontario Living Wage Network, um, which is part of the Canada Living Wage Network, does the math on the gap between minimum wage um, and the cost of living. And the cost of living is in almost every case above what we would consider minimum wage. Um, so in Toronto, you're looking at, uh, if memory serves, 21 and change, $21 an hour. Um, it's the, the real issue here is businesses don't think in terms of what we need to earn to live. They think in terms of what they can get away with, if I can put it that way. Minimum wages, I'll be sued by, it'll be illegal if I pay less than this. That's kind of the wrong way to come at this. Uh, so just this week, one credit union, Meridian Credit Union, to give them their due, said we're going to be certified as a cost of living employer and we will pay all of our employees what they need to to live. It's going to cost this company $600,000 to up the their wages to this level, but they want to do it because it's a reflection of people should earn enough to actually live uh, decently wherever they live in whatever city in this country. It's interesting, Amanda, how market forces are changing things anyway. I mean, a couple of years ago, yeah. everybody was arguing the minimum wage was arbitrary, so why did Ontario even have one? And now, forget, if, if anybody gets offered a minimum wage job, they probably aren't going to take it. Yeah, and I mean, there are definitely arguments in favor of people. If I want to work for less than minimum wage because I'm working part-time, because it fits my life, because I need the flexibility, there are certain types of jobs and workers who will say, you're going to take away our employment if you make every job a living wage job. And there's a case for that that flexible component of the workforce that maybe is lesser paid, but fewer hours. And there's a bunch of reasons why people want to do that. The main point, though, is people who don't want to do that and they're, they're, they're at a full-time employment, they should be able to live wherever they are. And we've allowed this disconnect to happen where inflation some years would run ahead of your pay increase, right? We would get a 1% pay increase and inflation was 2%. We all got a, a big pay cut that year. And nobody ever stopped and said, why is that fair? Well, you know, because our employer still reaps the benefit of that inflation, as we know. So I do think there's a bit of a change in how we think about this. And that's a change for the better. Meanwhile, I was looking at earnings this week for Loblaw, and uh, it was jaw-dropping. I guess if I was a shareholder, I'd be very excited about it. But Loblaw and Metro are back to insisting they are not padding their profits and hiding it in inflation. Yeah, I mean, this is one where they have been in focus because people really feel, we do feel inflation at the grocery store, and it's a non-discretionary place, so it really bites. Uh, the question is, are they uh, are they actually using it to their advantage? Are they taking advantage? They would argue no, and I, I think you and I have had this conversation before. If you look at the, the, the profit margin of a grocer, in other words, they, on a dollar of revenue, what they make in profit, it's three cents. So they make very little money as a grocery store. But that three cents they're making today compares to two and a half cents a couple of years ago. So people are saying, well, look, their profit margin has gone up, so they must be taking advantage of us. The companies themselves are saying no. We're not. We're actually making more money on things like cosmetics, uh, on the volume of discount goods. Like, there's a bunch of reasons they will give. What is happening is the competition authorities are starting to probe into whether we don't have enough competition in grocery. 
it's it, it, to me it's a bit the numbers don't lie the numbers suggest they're not actually um you know taking advantage of anybody it's a tough business the margins are low uh and you kind of need the volume of a of a big uh big business to make it work so it, they're gonna have to deal with this though because it's so painful for most of us when we go into their stores yeah well it would help in their protestations if they hadn't been caught fixing the price of bread Yes, little things like that don't go a long way to making us feel a little, you know, better about things. But uh, the, the profit margin speaks for itself, I think. Uh, so, yes, I'm not saying that you, know, you don't have to keep an eye on things. And that is definitely happening right now for these companies. Amanda, thanks so much. Always good to talk.